Blog Talk Radio.
to make it easy for your hard day. Gotta learn to feel again. We gon' do it our way. Put myself all over you. Wrap you up in Star K. Want more? You ain't gotta come for. It's already done for. Even drop an encore. You've been on a hunt for somebody to make you feel differently. 2020 vision is the different me. Yeah, yeah. Me see your Italy, 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 Italy,
Right. 
from the burden place. Knuckles root from mistakes I made. Sweet child, hold me down. Keep my feet planted on solid ground. Tell me why do I have to cry Watch fun. I heard you got a new 
man, where your partners at? I can count my friends on one hand. Fool, I need a nigga as much as I need a suntan. Sell dope again? Nope, dope sell itself, dummy. Hustle luck go broke, but then that option's on the shelf for me. You should be ashamed of yourself. Ashamed of yourself. generational habits so we were single we were raised by single parents and we grew up to be single parents you see what I'm saying and I want us to be Mm -hmm. able to a lot of times when we're trying to do better we're trying to grow we're trying to be better we have to understand our why not necessarily what our mothers and our fathers went through but we got to understand a lot of our foundation so that we can have a better understanding of ourselves at the core you know what I'm saying Mhm. That makes sense, you know, and a lot of times you may not even realize you're repeating that cycle, you know, it, it may be something self-conscious that you're not even aware of. Absolutely, and you know, I not be paying attention. Sometimes people just think 
<clears throat> excuse me, y'all, that that's just the way it's supposed to be, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, and times have changed because now you have um, fathers that may have been raised by single mothers, but now they're single fathers. So, you know, single fathers have, have been a thing now where the mother isn't in the picture like the father is. And so, but that still creates some sort of a structure for the foundation um, of that mm-hmm. of that child, whether it's a boy or a girl. You know, a lot of times I think I remember um, reading that the your father is your first example of love for a female, and your mother is mm-hmm. your example of how to be a woman. So vice versa, mm-hmm. the father is the example of how to be a man, and your mother is your example of being loved. But with silent footprints, even when that person is not there, are they still teaching you something? Mm-hmm. Okay, now, Silish, um, sometimes you always make me have to pull that personal curtain back just a little bit because that's <laughs> not something that I normally share. But just looking at the title and the subject of our show tonight, I look at myself, you know, and I just kind of take an internal look at myself because I was raised kind of like a sing- with a single parent because my dad was in the Army, as you know. He made a career of it. So most of the time growing up, he was not with us, but he was with us, if that, if that makes sense. You know, he came on mm-hmm. on leave from Korea, from Vietnam, when he wasn't fighting a war, when he had a leave, of, a, a leave, he would come home, and we knew that my dad was there, but... My mom was like the backbone. She held it down while he was serving our country. So in a way, that can also kind of be looked at as being raised by a a single parent. But then I fast forward to my husband and I and our kids, and I see the relationship that you spoke of about the father and a daughter. You know, I look at that relationship between my husband and my daughter, and it's a special thing. And also with a son and a mom. So all of those play a part in how we go forward as well as how our children go forward in their lives. So certain cycles do unconsciously and subconsciously be repeated, but sometimes you just got to take a look and see that those are cycles indeed. Absolutely, because you know we all replicate what we hate. I don't care what it is. If if we really pay attention to some of the things that we do, we replicate the things that we don't like. They're just not done in the same way. That's why when I say, you know, we hear the word narcissist, that's used so lightly because we all got our narcissistic tendencies. Every last one of them, you know, us, we're all mm-hmm. toxic in a way. We all got that that thing in us. Um, so it's like we if we really thought about it, and wanted to know what our programming was, we'd have to go back to, okay, our childhood and how we were raised and what we learned from everything. So even if that parent is not there, they still are teaching you something. And so the question is, mm-hmm. what did you learn? Mm-hmm. So true. And and it's just going back on what I shared, and I, I would be so excited to hear what our guests have to say that relationship that I was speaking of between my husband and my daughter, that's something that I didn't encounter as a as a young girl growing up because my dad was serving the country. You know, he served this country for over 50 years. So that's a relationship that I see before me that I didn't see growing up. Mm-hmm. 
But we got some fabulous guests that we're going to start bringing in the chat room here. We have the fabulous, of course, as usual, Sean Sinclair, and he can talk to both of those because uh, if I'm not mistaken, he was in the military. Then we got the fabulous uh, Danielle Marcus. Uh-huh. And Casper, I need you to press your one. I'm here. Okay. Okay, and then we got Tasha. Tasha? And one. And then we got Casper. Mm-hmm. Oh, we also have a hand. That's Casper. Okay. Hi. Okay. All right. So we got everybody. It's a lot. We got a lot of y'all. Y'all. Now this actually should have been alive, but I'm under the weather, and my hair and myself, we we don't have no good relationship right now. So I wasn't there going on. Nobody. <laughs> So yeah, I it's, okay, it's, okay. it's okay. We we love you as you are. It's okay. I wasn't even about to do it to you, and I wasn't about to do it to myself. But I want each of y'all uh, to just tell everybody a little bit about yourself. Um, you guys are all authors, so I want you guys to tell everybody a little bit about your literary journey and just um, your your foundational journey as well, just growing up um, in a home with either just a mother or your father. Danielle, you want to start? Danielle, is your phone on mute? Is that the 717-525 number? Uh Uh-uh. I think that's 248. Danielle. Okay. All right, so we're going to put Danielle in the... You until she comes through. Okay. All right, Sean, I want you to start. <laughs> How you doing? <laughs> hey, Sean. You know, you're always enjoying hearing from you. Likewise, man. I miss you, ladies. How y'all doing? We good. We good. Other than Alicia's face and hair, we good. <laughs> right, right, right. Other than bad hair days over the radio, right? <laughs> right. We're gonna work it out, so we're gonna work it out. Yeah, like you said, my name is Sean Sinclair. For those who don't know, I'm the author of a few novels, like 16 of them. I'm the uh, owner of Pen and Pen Publishing, co-owner of Pen and Pen Multimedia. So we just do books, film, and all things literary. My journey coming up on, um, I my, actually my daddy, of course, was in the military before I was born, though. But uh, of course, I had him after the military, so. I grew up with my mother and my, my my dad. My dad was killed when I was eight, and then my mother remarried a few years later to my, my father. And so pretty much I had both my mom and my dad in the household, and then my mother and my father. So I've always been in like a two-parent household, so I understood the benefit of a daddy. And even now today, being a father to not one of the biggest joy in my life. I have two sons, and uh, my oldest son actually he was the catalyst for me getting out of the streets because I wanted to be there for him because I understood how important a father was, a dad was, being the son of a child's life. And then with my youngest son, Supreme, of course, he's, he's been with me since he's been born up until recently. He's with his mom right now. But I had that, that single father role for some years. And, oof, I can tell you, it's a, lot that goes, it's a lot that goes with it, but I wouldn't trade it for uh-huh. the world. 
I'm here, I'm here, I'm here. First and foremost, before I talk about me, uh, Lisha, I hope you feel better. Miss Tony, you. you know, uh, much love to you as well. You know, I've got nothing but love and respect for you guys. Oh, and, um, I got you, Casper. Thank you, thank you. You know, my name is Jamel Casper Hill. I like to also call myself, a.k.a. Mr. Hope for the Hustlers because I've been through everything imaginable, but God got me still standing strong and blessed today. Um, It's been a long, incredible journey. I'm an author, entrepreneur, speaker, um, a helper, you know, community server, mentor, so so many titles, but just a blessed man of God, you know, um, it's my greatest title because when you know my journey, you know how far God has brought me from the, you know, from the muck and mire. Um, but yeah, I, you know, and this is a very, very touchy topic. I must admit, um, you know, you're dealing with your parents because we have that, you know, that innate close connection to our parents, even sometimes in their absence. Um, you know, Mm -hmm. kids miss love and miss dad sometimes that they never even met, but, um, I come I come from amazing parents. So, like I said, I just want to say, you know, like I said, even in my dad's absence, you know, in and out of my life, you know, I still love him. Um, I have a stepfather that, you know, was murdered. I, you know, still love him because he was an amazing man. Um, You know, raised by my mom, you know, a beautiful, strong black woman. You know, she's, she's amazing. And even, you know, despite, you know, her, addiction to drugs when she, you know, when she fell from grace. Um, oh. And I thank God that she got herself together. But it was tough, you know, with my dad, because my dad was a, you know, old school gangster. And even when my mother was pregnant, you know, there was controversy when I was first born, you know, because I came out light with light eyes and my parents are both dark. So, you know, there was controversy when I was born, like whose child is this with these green eyes? Um, Mm-hmm. But my dad was, like I said, he's, you know, one of them old school good time fathers, like, you know, from the show Good Times where, you know, they, they love you, but they, they make you feel it. And like I said, he was in and out of jail a lot, but I love my dad, you know, amazing man. We have a great relationship today, but, you know, it was a rocky relationship going up, and um, which helped, you know, me become a better father to my kids because, I you know, that, that that void, that void made me realize, like, I need to be there for them. I never wanted to put them through what I went through. And inadvertently, you know, by me selling drugs, going back and forth to jail, I was hurting them. And like Sean Clare said, I had to make a change for them because I realized that it was, you know, it was deeper than just me. I had five kids that loved me, and I had to change for them, and I couldn't keep putting them, you know, through Department of Corrections, me in and out of jail and mm-hmm. everything I was going through. So, you know, it's it's a touchy subject, but I'm here. I'm ready. Let's do it. Let's get into it. Well, I appreciate you willing to just kind of talk a little bit about your foundation and your growth in life. And that's an absolute growth um, that you have, have done over the years and work you have done to just make a better version of yourself. And then we got Danielle in the building. 
I'm Danielle Marcus. I'm an author. I'm a screenwriter, publisher, and basically what my uh, foundation is, I grew up in a two-family home where my mom and dad were married up until I was, I'll say, 15 years old, and then they were divorced, and I really don't have anything bad to say about it. I say when the good times were good, the good times were good, and then they were bad, and I say the most that I have a problem with is 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 going from having that two family home into having that where everything is okay, and then the shock of not having your mom and dad anymore. So I can say that's what my foundation is, and then and it kind of kind of left a scar. A lot of people in the train telling them about working, you got to run up to the bank to cash a check if you don't cash it. Hello? Yeah, somebody got TV on. We got background noise, y'all. <laughs> Sound like a real good movie, too, though. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. And then we got, I know we got the fabulous Tasha going. Tasha, hey, Tasha. you're on mute. Tasha. Okay, maybe she can't. Is your phone on mute, Tasha? Okay, so we're going to keep going. And so until we get Tasha up in here, I think we got uh, one more Jerome Parker and she's going to be in here as well. So, Tasha, I want you to press your ones when you're ready. Press the number one, and that'll let us know to bring you in. Now, the question I would have for y'all is, um, even with um, that that absence there, um, or or you being absent as a parent, did you learn? Did that parent still teach you something? Now, what was that? What was that thing that you learned from them in their absence? We'll start with um, Casper. Okay. Um, and and you know, in my dad's absence, it was like you know, um, I, you know, I had dreams and goals growing up as a kid. Like I used to. My uncle taught me how to box, um, but, you know, growing up with a mom or, and around aunts and without really having my dad there, because, you know, moms don't want to see you get punched in the face, be bloody, but a dad encouraged you to learn how to bob and weave and duck. So it was like, you know, without really having my dad there, he was in prison when I had started boxing, and um, I didn't have that support. System, and I miss that. Like I've seen times where a father, a father speak life into a kid. You know, mm-hmm. it's so many times like you know to see your dad there, like you never want to let your dad down. You know, it's something mm-hmm. about a boy looking up in the stands seeing his dad at a football game, a basketball game, or in his corner, like you said, just boxing. 
Um, when my dad wound up coming home from jail, I know he had heard I was boxing, but at this time when he came home, I was already selling drugs. And I remember a guy um, starting trouble with me, and my dad said, Come, you know, uh, we went and approached the guy. He was around a bunch of his friends. He said, nobody going to jump my son. Y'all going to fight one-on-one. And so he never seen me fight. This is the first time he seen me fight. And I kind of, you know, I got busy. You know, I'm, and I'm saying this humbly, like I got busy, and he was like, you know, seeing me bust the guy all up, and he was like, are you going back to boxing? But at this time, I was already, you know, selling drugs, and I didn't care about it. I pushed the goals to the side, the dream to the side. But having him there, I know that I probably could have really, you know, my life could have took a different route if I had my dad there. And that's just one of the things, but I'm not going to take up all the time. But a dad's role is very, very important in that kid's mm-hmm. life. And one of the things you learn in their absence is that, you know, we we need them. You just realize how much you need them. Mm-hmm. You know, you need them Absolutely. there for you. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. You don't. Mm-hmm. You don't know you need it until you need it. Word, word. Ooh, we yes, you're right. Mm-hmm. And Sinclair. For me, uh, like I said, I lost my dad when I was eight, and his impact was so strong. Though he still taught me lessons. I'm learning. I'm, I'm learning and recalling to this day as I'm a grown man, but foremost among those is family. My dad raised all of us. Uh, my, my sisters and my brothers weren't my dad's biological children, and he was so strong on family and love, I didn't even realize that until his funeral. That's how strong he was as far as so he taught me love. He taught me the importance of education. I can remember 30 years ago me crawling on his lap you know, recount my school days and him pretty much rewarding me for doing the right thing in school and being smart. And for him, it was always the thing that I was smarter than girls. I don't know why, but I look, she did. But just so much. And and now, now that I'm a father myself, the, the lessons that he instilled in me about family, about discipline, about structure, about what being a man is, I'm still following his example to this day, like right now. He is my foundation for everything that I do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love it. And then Danielle, uh, because I, especially in divorce, that's that's a, a trauma all by itself. Um, divorce is is still a death, and so you being going from having both your parents to one parent, what was that that silent um, spot that that? that filled the house but didn't fill the house what was that moment like for you what did it teach you growing up actually for me it was like like I said in the kids eyes my parents kept away like what they went through from us so in the kids eyes it went from being everything perfect we basically had a Brady Bunch family to my mom worked midnights and I'm here with my dad my brother went with my dad I mean I'm at home alone because my mom worked mid like my brother went to go live with my dad, so it's like all this togetherness it just it just wasn't anymore, and I think it affected me like socially it affected me with looking for that family in other places it, I think it scarred us a lot, and it was like right after the divorce because it was so messy a little bit, it was like I don't know if my dad thought that my mom turned me against him or what, but I didn't talk to my dad for a whole year, and I was a daddy's girl. So it it just 
I I feel like it it really mentally it really messed up a lot and it made affected the choices that I made growing up as well. Mhm. Now, as far as real. question, have you ever like really like sat down and and kind of told him that basically I was mad at you for a long time? Uh, for him to understand, a, like what that that silence was from you. We never really talked about it. It was like we just started back talking again. But I don't even think it was that I was so much as mad as him at him. It was like he had to work two jobs, and he did his thing. He worked midnights. He worked days. My mama worked midnights. She worked two days. It was like after they divorced. After their divorce, it was like I was lost in my own world trying to figure it out. From age 15 to, like, 17, I basically raised myself because I was home alone. And it, and like I said, my mom and dad had three kids. So it goes from having my brothers and sisters, having my mom and dad all in one house to just me being in a house by myself, basically raising myself. So I don't even think it was so much I was mad. It was just me trying to figure out life and trying to figure myself out and what's going Absolutely. on. Oh yeah. I could see where you I could see that Danielle, you know, it's like, you know, you you go from one aspect to another, but you don't know how to carry on in between. You know, you don't yeah. you're, you're like you said you're not mad, but you you're not happy either. You don't talk, but you want to talk, but the opportunity may not have necessarily presented itself until it actually presented itself. Right, right. <laughs> Absolutely. Let's see if we got Tasha in here yet. Check. Tasha, if you're in here, I need you to press one so I can see your number so it can stick out from all the other phone numbers. Okay, is that it? That just popped up, Leash? Yes. All right. And then how you doing, Tasha? Now we want you to introduce yourself and then tell everybody just a little bit about your literary journey and your foundation. Hello, how y'all doing? I'm Tasha Gordon. Hey. I just um wrote my first book, Upstate Hustle. I'm real chill, laid back, and um, life taught me a lot, especially my parents. Mm-hmm. And um, through the go silence, ahead. go ahead, Tasha. No, what were you going to say? Uh, you were saying that your parents taught you a lot. Um, I was going to say, you want to elaborate a little bit more? Um, my dad taught me how mental health is very important. Um, my mom taught me that um, regardless of what happens, you just got to keep pushing at the end of the day. My dad committed suicide when I was, like, seven or eight. Um, mm-hmm. My mom really couldn't or didn't really know how to handle that, and she didn't really have self-love. So she experimented with different things, men, drugs, whatever the case may be. You know, so my mm-hmm. role models actually came from, like, television characters and what I thought should be normal. Mm-hmm. And And... When you sat down to to write your book, you put a lot of your childhood in your book. What was that process for you like? 
it was a hard um, process because it made me actually realize, like, life can be rough, you know. It took a lot of emotions from the past that I had to, you know, get over and understand that I can't let my past define me. It was very emotional. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tasha, this is Tony. You know, that, that that's very powerful what you shared with us, and we want to thank you for doing that. But you come at it from a different angle, and I want to ask you, because mental health has been in the news quite a bit, quite a lot lately. How has that helped you look at, internally at yourself as well as your children and just not want to see that cycle repeated? Um, I actually began um, a spiritual journey maybe about three, four years ago because after my mother passed away, I was lost because she was the only thing I knew, even though she wasn't the best, but she did the best she could. And I realized what we were taught was not right, so I had to implement new seeds in my mind. You know, I had to do self-affirmations to know that, I am capable. I am beautiful. You know, I don't need a man. I don't need drugs. You know, and I try to tell my kids every day, you know, to hold on to faith and to meditate and, you know, just try to grow mm-hmm. spiritually every day because mm-hmm. mentally people don't know how to be alone. They don't without electronics or television. I cut all that out. You know, I tell my kids not even to watch that because it's a propaganda behind that. Mm-hmm. You have to be strong enough to, like, really understand and know what you're trying to put out there into the world because what you put out there mm-hmm. is what you're going to do back. So mm-hmm. I guess my wow. question to all of you guys would be, has the generational – um, I don't like to call them generation. I will call them generational habits. Have you noticed that you have a lot of generational habits just growing up that you've had to learn how to break on your own? We'll start with Casper. Yes, yes. Well, I mean, first and foremost, um, like I said in the beginning, this is a powerful show, and uh, Ms. Tasha, I definitely commend you. You said something powerful that touched me, you know, um, about your mom, and you said, you know, she wasn't the best, but she did her best. That was so powerful. Um, I commend you. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But, yes, as far as them, them curses, like I said, I was in, my dad was in and out of jail. Um, and, you know, my dad just finished uh, doing 18 years, and since his release, he's been an amazing gentleman. Um, and I was in and out of my you know, children's life for 10 years. So, and I thank God that I turned my life around and got out of the lifestyle that was sending me in and out of prison and just learning to be here for my children. So, you know, like I said, just that shift in the mindset of, you know, being here, like, you know, and me and my dad both did that. Like, you know, like, he, you know, he came home saying, I just want to be here for my children and my grandchildren, and he's appreciating his freedom, and I'm in that same space. So, you know, just breaking them cycles and, you know, that that criminal thinking and stuff that has done so much destruction in our family structure. So, yes, mm-hmm. that's it for me there. That's like the most thing because I hurt my kids and my family so much. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Wow. Hmm. That's powerful. Thanks for sharing that. Absolutely. 
Thank you. Yep. Yeah, I missed the last part of that question. I'm sorry. Just had, had me choked up just now. I missed the last I part was, of the question. <laughs> I'm sorry, y'all. Y'all got to bear with me. Bear with me. Um, <laughs> so it was, have you noticed any of the generational habits that you um, had growing up throughout the years that you that went into your adulthood that you've had to learn how to break those yourself? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, my dad. Uh, yeah, my dad loved those women. <laughs> oh Lord! <laughs> I don't know how to break that myself. <laughs> nah, seriously though, but uh, I am there too. But it's not that bad. But now, um, I don't know. Like, I honestly. Because, like, when I'm doing a lot of my books, a lot of my clients write in their memoirs, right? And that's when I started really learning about, like, you speak about generational curses, for lack of a better word, and things like that. And I can honestly say, to my knowledge, I don't think I had it. Like, I, I mean, I don't mean to sound like that. I'm just being honest. I had a great childhood. I don't think I have a lot of trauma or generational curses that I had to go through, other than, of course, being in the streets. But I think that was more so environment. Uh, like nurture more so than nature, you know what I mean? Uh-huh, uh-huh. So, I'm I don't I'll be lying if I said yes. Other than of course, like I said, the, uh, you know, that love, that high, uh, that high sex drive, for like a better word. Ah, I can't believe you said that. But yeah, the the, the women. <laughs> yeah, the women. women, right? But you know, even those uh, environment that still creates a generational habit um, that we have to learn how to break. And so, how did you? break some of those things that you've learned just growing up in your environment? Or did you more. Them? Yeah, I broke them for sure. Mm-hmm. Life has its own way of breaking you, quite honestly. I mean, if, if you hit a man enough times, he will learn when to duck eventually. And for me, okay. I pride myself on being able to look at myself in the mirror. And so if how I'm moving and what I'm doing, if, if this put me in a position where I can't look at myself in the mirror every morning and feel proud, then I have to mm-hmm. change because we're all accountable for the life that we want to live. And we're, at the end of the day, we're all accountable for that. With all this information out there, there's no way. Like, it's one thing to recognize it. Okay, that's cool. But it becomes up to us to change that to get the better life that we want. And so that, mm-hmm. that's pretty much what drives me. I, I like to be able to look at myself in the mirror in the morning. And if I'm mm-hmm. behaving and moving in a way where I can't do that, and what allows me to look in the mirror is having high integrity, high character and morals. And that's not to sound perfect, but at least if I have that confidence in the right place, if I fall victim to any of those things, then I know where to, um, you know, I, I have a nagging feeling in my gut and in my spirit that forces mm-hmm. me to get right. And that's how I get past it. Mm-hmm. Like you said, life has a way of, of having someone take sit up and take notice. Definitely. Yeah, because if, you know, if you're doing those things, like if you say you want a certain type of lifestyle, right, but the way mm-hmm. that you're moving is not conducive to that lifestyle, that's like hitting you. So sooner or later, you're going to learn when to duck. Right. Speaking, ducking in this case would be learning how to change your habits. Mm-hmm. And that can be a hard life lift. Danielle, how about you? Would you like to share? Yes, I can say... Did it affect me in, in a way because 
I won't share too much about the situation, but basically my mom and dad got a divorce and my mom left my dad for someone else. And as a kid, I didn't understand that. So growing up, as much as it affected me, I said, I will never be like my mom. And so I held on to something that I wasn't supposed to hold on to, trying not to be like my mom, but in a way I was being like her because I didn't understand that my mom had held on to my dad for so long too. And I never understood what they were going through. So it's like, I don't know how to explain it. So I can say that for me, I kind of ended up being like my mom trying to hold on to the relationship. I stayed for 18 years. And then finally, like a year ago is when I find almost two years ago is when I finally left. So I can say it cursed me I guess trying not to be like her, but I kind of ended up being like that situation. But I'm not really nothing like my mom is what I'm figuring out. Mm-hmm. I understand. It's like you had a life that you didn't really realize that life was going on, and you're thinking it's going one way, and it's actually going in another different direction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I, really- I, I can kind mm-hmm. I can understand that. And Tasha, would you like to share with well? Um, I guess I'm in the process of doing it now, you know, showing my kids mm-hmm. something that I ain't never been seen or shown before, you know, and that's getting it out the mud. Regardless of what you go through, you understand, whatever life throws at you, you just got to keep going and just know you're doing it with pure intentions, and God's forever going to bless you. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Now, I want to I wanna ask something on a lighter note. I want to ask you guys, what is – what is the one thing that you took from your parent or parents that you feel good about that you wanted to instill in your children or your child or your children and just make it that much greater, you know, just, just from a better better prospect of it? What is the one thing that you love that you got or gleaned from your parents that you wanted to put down or to pass down to your child? And let's start with Casper. Um, yeah, like I said, uh, I, I don't know, I keep going back to it. It's such a powerful, powerful thing. Um, cause when you talk about the parents, it's such an emotional thing, mm-hmm. but I can say that both of my parents, my mom and my dad are, are huge proponents of education. Um, and I love that. And that's something that I've always instilled in my children as well. No matter what was going on with me, you know, even when I was calling my children from prison, you know, do good in school, do good in school. Mm-hmm. And I'm thankful uh, all three of my old, you know, three of my five children already, you know, are college graduates. My two younger children are on their way, and they're nothing like me. So, like I said, just about mm-hmm. parents that are proponents of education, like my mom, strong, beautiful black woman, even, you know, mm-hmm. um, I, got, I got reading from her. Like, I love to read. Um, cause my mom loved to read and, you know, like I said, both of my parents are proponents of education, anything that they do, they really, really, uh, get involved and learn the mm-hmm. way to win. Mm-hmm. So I'm thankful mm-hmm. for that. Cause I've always instilled that in my children that I got from them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's so important. So thank you so much for, for sharing that. And that's like at the top of the list. And, Sean, what did you glean that you took from your parents that you want to instill in your child or your children and just make it that much better? That Sinclair way. 
knowing that we come from a great line of great people and that we don't settle. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, mm-hmm. I mean, it, it sounds cliche, but so many people don't have proper knowledge of self. You know, my family are entrepreneurs. We grew up, and like I said, a historically black town, if you know my story, you know, we grew up owning things. We grew up being independent thinkers and artisans and craftsmen. And mm-hmm. we just don't settle for less. We're the best at whatever we do. And mm-hmm. that's what she's instilled in us. Always be your best, and I pass that along to my child. Children. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that's Always cliche at best. all because a lot of us need more self-knowledge, you know, to go forward. So that's not cliche at all. That's pretty powerful as well. And Miss Danielle? I can say that I uh, want to still – I grew up with love, so mm-hmm. – and I grew up with – them teaching us like we traveled together. We I had a real family, so that's what I wanted to teach them. Like I know that they got a divorce and it kind of broke up, but I wanted to teach them family sticking together. The right. that is, you know, I just don't want them going out into the world searching for love where they don't need to be searching for love. I wanted, you know, just that foundation mm-hmm. because it's so important. Mhm. And that's the word I was thinking of when I was listening to you. The word is foundation. That's so important. Just something to build on and continue to grow. And Tasha, would you like to share? Um, she pretty much said it, like unconditional love and like moving as a unit mm-hmm. together because there's only so many of us, you know, so we're we're stronger together than we are apart. Mm-hmm. So true. So true. And with that being said, I'm, I'm sorry, Lee. I just have That's one okay. more question. With that being said, how do you see your parent or parents, their relationship with your children? Do you see it different from how you grew up? Because, you know, grandparents and grandchildren, they, they could never be any wrong. But what were you? What have you been seeing the grandparent and the grandchild relationship that, you know, just kind of surprised you? Let's start with Danielle again. I didn't hear the question. I'm sorry. That's okay. You know, we have a separate relationship from our parents and our grandchildren. I mean, not our grandchildren. Our children and our parents have a different relationship. But what of that? What Ooh. of that relationship do you see different? You know, that you didn't see growing up, or that you're surprised to see at all uh, with your parents and your to, children. My mom used to kick our butt, and my mama let them get away with murder. <laughs> That's across the board, girl. <laughs> I think that is across the board given. <laughs> but I don't know. I see that. Uh, I know that I see it in my mom and dad because they got back together mm-hmm. uh, about a year and a half ago. So I yeah, so I, see, I know. Mm-hmm. So right. <laughs> <laughs> I never would have thought that would happen, but. They know, you know, they always say separation brings appreciation. Maybe, you know, they need that time, even though it was a lot of time between. But, you know, some time to grow and understand what it, what it really meant for them. So that's a good thing. I'm glad to hear that. Mm-hmm. Right. So I could say Absolutely. that with, the, with, the, with us, they didn't really spend a lot of time with us. Once we got older, but I see that they, you know, they take to their grandkids. They spend time with their grandkids, and it really brings mm-hmm. joy to them. So I can say that. 
other than, I'm going to say mm-hmm. it again, they get away with murder, and they used to whip my butt. <laughs> yeah. I can relate to that. And, Sean, how about you? <laughs> you already know. Same thing. My mom let my son get away with murder for a while. Uh, she's a lot more compassionate, though. I will say that. Um, ah. the, yeah, she's a lot more compassionate. I'm, I'm a tough father. I'm hard on her. She'd be like, Sean, don't do that to that baby. But I'm like, Mom, I know, baby. <laughs> They always come to baby. Yeah, she's trying to baby him up for a little while. But I will say this. She believes in checking him the same way. So mm-hmm. if he get out of pocket, she she laid a law down just like she used to do with us. But I was mm-hmm. four. I was the yeah. youngest, so I can't say. My, my mom let me get away with murder. Oh, she really? My, she you were one of those. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm the baby. <laughs> so my son. So it's like my son is me growing up all over again. Mm-hmm. Her baby all over yeah. again. Yeah, her baby, all, exactly. You, her baby all over again. Exactly. How about you, Casper? Yes. Um. You know, my 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 kids are blessed. Um. You know, we all. I'm blessed as well. But my kids get to see, like, my oldest son Jamel. He gets to see the dad. Like I said, I've seen the good times, father. Um. That mm-hmm. tough dad. Um. Growing up, mm-hmm. my son get to see that. Um, you know that the loving side that missed so many years. So you know he don't he don't he don't right. he just the pure grandfather. Um, mm-hmm. And so he don't he don't really he didn't know the, the father that I had growing up because he mm-hmm. see a different grandfather and um and just even with my mom like when my son was born my mom you know had got clean and turned her life around. Um, mm-hmm. And he just seen her the whole the loving beautiful grandmother. He didn't go through the you know the hardships that I went through. Even though she's a beautiful, strong, beautiful woman. Um, so before the mm-hmm. drugs, she was amazing. And um, like I said, and you know she got clean, and she's she's you know a beautiful, strong black woman again. Um, uh-huh. But like I said, my kids didn't didn't don't know that aspect that I you know that side that I went through. And I'm thankful for that because you never want your kids to go through some of the things right. and see some of the people that you met. So it's amazing. And, uh-huh. I'm, and, and same thing, like I'm waiting on my, expecting my first grandchild and he'll see the pure side of me um, uh-huh. and won't have to deal with, you know, his grandfather in jail and stuff. So, you know, I'm, uh-huh. I'm thankful for this positive cycle now and, you know, the kids Absolutely. seeing the better sides of us. Uh-huh. Absolutely, that's so true. And Tasha, would you like to share as well? Um, unfortunately, my kids they never get to see that side. You know, both my parents died when my kids was young. So, but unfortunately, mm-hmm. I'm gonna be able to um, experience that with my first grandson. So we're gonna see what that turn out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know that's right. But but you know, listening to everyone, I think you know because there's no playbook to parenting. And just like our parents, didn't, we didn't have a playbook. They didn't have a playbook. You know, they learned from their their lessons, be it good, bad, or indifferent, over the years. So they're able to treat their grandchildren differently than they treated us as their children. So there's a lot of growth on both sides, on all three sides. So like Sean and everyone else and, and Catherine were saying, they see a, a different side than we with growing up with our parents. I, I'm not sure if that makes sense to anyone. 
It do. It do. Oh, yeah, You're absolutely. Right. I mean, you got to think okay. about it. A lot of us, our parents were growing up along with us as well. You know, my mom had, That's my right. mom had me in her 20s. At 20, mm-hmm. you don't really know about life like that. You find, you know, you're making your way. And now you have a level of responsibility that you never can even fathom. So now uh-huh. she's growing up, you know, the same way I'm learning to be a child, she's learning how to be a mother. So right. it's different when you're and older a grandparent. because you've already done it. Correct. Right. As a, but as a grandparent, you know, you just kind of replicate what worked before. Also, you're a lot more right. older and wiser, ideally. So you don't have to make right. the same mistakes that you did as, as a 20-something-year-old. Mm-hmm. All but also, I want to... Mm-hmm. It's not your child, yeah. so hey, the child got to go home. That's true. <laughs> you can send him back home. <laughs> but I, I want to ask you guys, you know, we, we talked about a lot. We delved a lot into the, the sometimes the traumas growing up with single parents or divorced parents or parents that may have unfortunately taken their own lives. But I want to ask you, on the flip side, what strength have you gleaned? from your parents that can pretty much, you can put your thumbprint on and say, this is why I am who I am today. And let's start with Casper. Like I said, with my both my parents being serious about, you know, education, um, I take education very seriously, and that has helped me, you know, even when I was living crazy. Like, you know, I was the guy, like, when you watched the movie Belly, where Nas used to shut the operation down and be home reading books. That was me. Mm-hmm. A lot of people didn't know that about me. And even when I sat in jail for 10 years, I read a lot, and that has helped mm-hmm. me. You know, I studied. I went to jail, and um, I knew nothing about real estate. And my mom helped me. She sent me so many books, and I learned. And I started teaching classes in jail about real estate and came home and started my real estate company. So, you know, just that education, just that education mm-hmm. and love. And love, so I learned. You know, I'm thankful. I'm thankful for that because that has helped me so much in life, and and that has, you know, it's helped me, and I and I use it to help others. So I'm, I'm grateful. Uh-huh. I'm grateful. Uh, awesome. How about you, Sean? Definitely, education is very big. I mean, that's the one thing that my mother and my father both instilled in me. My mom, my dad, and my father instilled education. So I guess that would be the same thing. Mm-hmm. Very big with education, mm-hmm. and I learned resiliency. Gotcha. I learned resiliency from my mom as well because, like I say, my mom lost my dad. He was killed. He was murdered when I was eight years old. So her, mm-hmm. her having to go through that, and then just honestly, my mom's the strongest woman I know. Like she had a very mm-hmm. um, she had a rough life, man. Burying my dad, mm-hmm. burying my brother, just recently burying my sister. Um, mm-hmm. Me being incarcerated. My father being incarcerated, all of that fell on her shoulders. And she's still uh-huh. here, still smiling, still, you know, she's strong, super strong. So when I'm going through something, how dare I, how dare I ever break down? She never broke down. Uh-huh. So education and resilience is what I like to know. That's true. I'm sorry, yeah. And the fact uh-huh. that everybody, hold on. <coughs> And why I'm should, uh, okay. okay. Yeah, I'm back. Sorry. So it's funny that everybody said a sense of education because I remember reading this article. It was like the dis um disentangling of the effects of like 
family structure for the boys and girls or something like that. And it was saying that the effects of being raised by a single parent. And so basically what it was saying is growing up with a single mother, um, a lot of times those kids had low achievements. They have more disciplinary problems, more school suspensions, less high school graduations, uh, lower college attendance, lower graduations. I mean, the whole article kind of made me feel away because I was raised by a single mother. And my mom really, really didn't have to get on me about school. That was just something that was just my thing. But um, that article really made me feel away because it was like, you know, kids that are raised by especially single mothers have more crime and incarcerations. I mean, I was just like, that can't be true because we really strive and we learn, like Sean said, to be resilient. We learn to be independent. Um, what do you guys feel about that when they kind of put that stigmatism one being raised by a single parent. Well, how old? How old was the article? Because you have to Not realize the parents have. Twenty twenty small. So I'm saying what stats were they using? So that means the parents are around 2003. Children were born around oh. 2003. Let I think we're born in a different generation. Uh-huh. So that the article was in 2020. I think some of that could be true, only by the fact that it, it has nothing to do with, it has less to do with being a single parent and more to do with the culture that we live in right now. Um, my mother is not the same, or your mother probably either, aren't the same type of mothers that a lot of sisters are today. And that's not a knock, it's just our culture is different. You know, they didn't have Facebook, they didn't have Instagram, they didn't have a lot of those things back then. So we had to... It was a different type of parenting, you know. It was a different type of responsibility. It didn't have so many distractions. And also there wasn't such a, like to me personally, I think popular culture vilifies motherhood as if it's something less than when it's one of the mm-hmm. most rewarding and fulfilling and important jobs in, in the world, quite frankly. So when you have the blind leading the blind and they don't know how, they, have, they don't have proper knowledge itself, they may fall victim to that propaganda that being a mother is a bad thing, and therefore they may not take that role as serious. And then you have those results like the article mentioned. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it could be a thankless job as well, Sean. <laughs> oh, absolutely. But you know what? Well, let me say this real quick. I don't want to hold the mic. But the thing is, I used to say that as well, but we don't look for accolades or thank yous. You know, uh-huh. you just do the right thing. At the end of the day, you exactly. have to do the right thing because these children weren't, these children didn't ask to be here. And as an adult, you have to do the right thing. You know, you don't look for a thank you. The thank you is the results that they see in the world because your parents' skills will testify against you when those children get older. So the thank you uh-huh. is whenever they're going on in the world and being successful because they didn't fall victim. You know, you can't. In my opinion, you can't look for the thank yous because they don't know. But that's mm-hmm. your responsibility as a parent. You know, that's what the great and I say that, Right. Mm-hmm. And I say it at not such 
as a thank you from the children, but a thank you from those that are ready to put down a single mother or a single father. That's where the, the, the thankless comes in because they don't know that person's journey, that person's story. So instead of heaping what you feel is a statistic, you need to look at it individually. Oh, true. Well, no, they say lies. Mm-hmm. Statistics don't lie, but liars do statistics. So we got to take all that stuff with a grain of salt because we're not calling the information. <laughs> That's true. Hey, let me ask you a question. Even like, you know, I know you all uh, said about the article. Does it talk about, um, and I know this is only a small fact, fraction of it, but does it talk about the um, economic class of that parent? Because, oh. um, especially in today's world, because I think that, that will affect it. Um, no point. You know, because you might have a parent, you know, because sometimes if a parent, is single parent is struggling, financially mm-hmm. really bad um, and can't provide. I know that, that that pushes, you know, people down other, you know, the children down other avenues, especially mm-hmm. growing up. Like I said, for me growing up in the crack epidemic, you know, when you see friends and, you know, um, doing well in life because they're selling drugs and then, you know, your single parent can't give you the new sneakers, Mm-hmm. And you know it, it's tough. It makes you want to go out there and and do other things to get, you know, that stuff. But if you know you got a parent that got it and they're giving you everything, you know, that um you desire, especially you know, and they instilling good morals in you, like you know, I'm gonna make sure, you know, as long as you do good in school, I'll make sure that you're all right. Um, mm-hmm. you know, that might change the the course of the child's life as well, even though they are a single parent. Um, and I know that some some kids still, you know, go out and do, you know, crazy stuff despite a parent giving them all they want. But I think it's it's not as much as the kids that's struggling in the hood that's hurting, mm-hmm. you know, as a result of, result of their parents can't give them. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a that's good how point, I got God. into the streets, you know, like I said, because of the economic class when my mom fell and my dad was in jail. I had a seven-year-old brother looking at me like, hey, what are we going to do to eat? After we looked in the refrigerator, and there's nothing in there but a light bulb. So mm-hmm. I turned to the streets. That's a good point. And excellent point. Anything of that, it just really talks about um, how overall, single, I took it as overall being raised by a single parent creates negative effects um, in their kids and you know, like Casper was saying, it really depends on um, what that that situation is and what that environment is um, for those kids. You know, everybody don't have the same um, situation, but we all learn something from our parents, whether they were good, bad, or indifferent, whatever, you know, everybody has to um, – grow and they have to experience things. And a lot of times, you know, our parents, I would say, didn't have the some of the relationships we have with them now with their own parents. So being able to talk about certain things and have an understanding of certain things, they didn't have that. And so when it came down to having kids and being able to be married or be a mother or be a father, that was different because some 
sometimes they replicated what they knew. So I guess my question would be, did your parents have their parents in their life? Mm. And we're going to start mm. with Casper because I know he got to go to work. Casper, did your parents... Uh-oh. No, 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 yeah, I'm cool, I'm cool. I, um, to be honest with you, um, I knew my mom went through a lot and she was adopted, so, and I, because I'm such an emotional wreck sometimes, I know, and, and my sister always say, like, I don't ask enough questions. I don't get enough backstory. Um, I don't really know my mom's entire situation with her parents, which I'm going to go and ask more questions now, to be honest with y'all, but um, I know she loved me and she worked hard. And like I said, our lives was good until the crack epidemic. Um and, you know, and I want to touch on something. I know it's a little different, but they said, I read something from a successful author, Brian Tracy, years ago, and he said a father supposed to hug his son four times a day. And and, and that blew my mind because it was like, wow, as in the hood, we always thought it the opposite. They say, don't be hugging them. You're going to make them like a little girl. But he was saying how it gives him a, a you know, it makes that child, that son, um, it gives him a sense of stability, and it helps him. Um, and that, and that, that like really rocked me as a parent. Um, but wow, this, this, this just been an incredible journey. It's, it's, it's tough. It's tough. Wow. Well, you know, a lot of times they, you know, just based on society, they have us believe that mothers are the only one that nurture. And the truth yeah. is that father, your father nurtures you as well. Um, and that's yeah. why it's important to have both of them. And it's not that they have to be in the same household as long as everybody doing their job. But the problem comes in when everybody's not doing their job. And then there there yeah. becomes a lack um, in that child's life. Danielle, what do you think? Did, do, did your parents have their parents? My parents, uh, actually, my mom didn't, never knew who her father was until she was, I think, about six years ago, and then my dad, he did have his dad, but he was like a rolling stone, so I guess he, they did have, both have just their mothers. Their dad was there, but wasn't there. And Sinclair? Yeah, my mother, uh, my mom had my, my grandmother. My grandmother like the matriarch in my community, so she was there, but her, her dad died before I was born. But I know she did. And my my grandmother always had a husband, though, you know. So she's had men there, but my mother has always had her mother, which is my grandmother. But her, her dad passed before I was born. And Tasha? Um, my mother was an outcast because she married a black man. She had black babies. You know, not until um, maybe late 90s. They began a relationship. My dad. Oh, wow. I don't, yeah. And so <clears throat> growing up interracially, what was that like for you? Was that like an additional stress on top of not having um, both parents there for you? Of course, but, you know, I felt more comfortable where I felt comfortable at, you know, even 
like my brothers to this day can't identify with who they are or what side to pick and choose. I can mingle with both angles and really don't care, you know, but it was something major as a child, not really knowing where you come from and, you know, not be able to trust either either side, to be honest with you, because it was always some judgment there underneath everything, so. Oh, wow. That's pretty powerful, Tasha. That, that, that's like the seed for a whole nother whole show. That was, that's pretty powerful, and thank you for sharing that with us. You're welcome. <laughs> now, what is the one thing you guys all instill in your kids? Um, that that you just bought for yourself, nothing that you had um, inherited from your your parents or your parents' parents, but something you have experienced or learned or, or taught yourself in life that you have instilled in your kids something new. That you um, have to be the best. Say it again, Saint for him to be the best, the world doesn't owe him anything. So you got to be the best at whatever it is you do. Like his name oh. is Supreme. And I instilled in him to know that you're the best. That's not to say that you're better than anybody else, but you are the best version of you. So always be uh-huh. the best. I preach that. I pound that into him. Preach that to him. Because at the end of the day, you know, if the world goes the way it's supposed to go, he's going to bury me one day. And he'll be left with that. I'm always the best. Always do your best because the world doesn't owe you anything. You have to go ahead and get it. You only eat what you kill. Yeah, for me, for me, um, I teach my kids always because it's it's such a serious thing for me to trust God, understand that he's made us powerful, extremely powerful, and he would never command us to do something and not give us sufficient strength to carry it through. So, you know, when you had him visions and you had his passion and you're serious about something, trust God, and you could all you could make anything happen. That's, I'm serious about that, and I, I teach my kids that, and, and, and I'm thankful. That's why they're all doing well. Awesome. I just told my son, um, <clears throat> and I tell this all the time, I tell him this all the time, never allow somebody else to make a choice for you and you can't handle the consequences for that choice. You know what I'm saying? Because when you allow somebody to do it, you're basically saying it's whatever. And so you agree upon whatever it is automatically because you didn't speak up. But you always got to think about the consequences. Is this something that I can handle? Now, if it's something that you can't handle, then you need not allow anybody to volunteer your name for nothing. Because, you know, people volunteer you for something. You know, no. And, you know, and that's part of building boundaries. I be trying to teach them as a man, you got to, and I can't teach them how to be a man. But I let him know, just in general, you need boundaries. Females know boundaries keep your edges right. Um, but as a man, you gotta have <laughs> those people around you. I'm just saying, it's true. Those people around I you, you it. gotta give them boundaries because. And it's funny, as women, 
<clears throat> ironically, we never really worry about what men go through until we have boys. Y'all notice that? We will never really worry about what a man go through until we have a boy. And then when we mm-hmm. have a boy, why, we like, listen, you going to know how to cook. That's why I do man talk. Thinking, <laughs> right. I don't want no female thinking that um you can't take care of yourself and you need her because she could cook. No, we don't, he don't need you because he, he could cook himself. But we don't never think about these things until after we have sons. Tasha, did you notice that? When you had your kids, and um, Danielle, did you notice that when you had your kids, when you had your sons, you never really thought about what men actually go through? I had to think and know what men go through because my brothers pretty much raised me. <laughs> so, but it did give me a, a a better insight on raising my boys. So, mm-hmm. Because they are they are emotional. I think my boys are more emotional than my daughter is. And that's the crazy part. Mm-hmm. Wow. <laughs> and Danielle? No. Well, I'm sorry. What was the question again? I'm sorry. Well, um, did you... Did you notice that you never really thought about what a man went through until after you had your boys? I think that's definitely true, even now, because I'm learning now that my sons are 10 and 14, I'm learning that it's hard for a woman to raise a man. We can do it. We can do it. because, But it's hard because I'm learning that my sons go through so much stuff, and it's like, I don't know, I don't know. So, but are we men, raise, I, are you raising them to be a man, or are you just raising them to be a good person? Like they could be, I think that we can raise them to be good people. Um, we can raise them with character, um, with integrity. But there are certain things and elements that, like you said, we can't give them. And that's what I'm learning. Because even with my two sons, like the four, my ten year old. It's in my nature to kind of baby him a little bit. Like, when stuff happens, I'm like, oh, you okay? But then my oldest son be like, the 14-year-old, he's like, mom, we is my little girl. We is boys. We is boys. See, that's why we need to be around my daddy. And I'm like, aw. And that that kind of hurt my feelings, but it's like, that's still my baby, but I don't need you to tell me that. But I do know that I do need to be a little bit tougher on my 10-year-old. Uh-huh. And Tommy, miles a day. You boys. I'm sorry. Oh, you. I, I want to question. <laughs> what? Um, actually, we're not talking about actually, me. <laughs> no, no, no. You just took me by surprise. Actually, you know, I've always. If some people on the show, on the panel, may know, I've always been an advocate for for our kings, and I think. Um, not necessarily when I had my first two boys, but I had brothers, you know, and I've always just been that person to always try to look at every side of a situation. I don't know why, but I, I've always been like that. But I'm always an advocate for our kings, even if I didn't have That's a boy. You know, the crazy thing, like my aunt, my, my, my grandmother had 13 children, eight girls. And so I remember my aunt got me a lot right in the face. I remember her literally getting me in the kitchen when I was like 16, and she would say this, 
I'm going to teach you how to do this, cook this food. I'm going to teach you how to do laundry. That way you don't have to depend on all those people here, girls, to do not for you. So if you choose a woman, <laughs> it'll be because you want her, not because you need her. And I can cook to this day. I ain't the best cook, but I'm not a, I can make a meal. I can make a turd. You know? <laughs> so that's the flip mm-hmm. side to it. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't a, a daddy's girl, but I was a granddaddy's girl, if that makes sense. So I've always had that male figure and that 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 desire to just want to do what's best and kind of not even necessarily know what's best, but always want the best for for our kings. And it's funny, I had to apologize to my dad, um, even though he was like, what? I apologize to him a couple of Father's Day, matter of fact. Because I've always been taught on how to love on my mom. I've always been taught on how to make my mom smile, love on her. I've just been taught to just uplift her. So, you know, when you think about Father's Day, you like, dang. Just thinking about it, I was like, he done got some ratty-ass gifts. And he just said thank you and be excited about him. But I had to apologize. I'm like, Dad, I'm sorry. I was never taught on how to love on my dad, honestly. Mm-hmm. Never taught how to love on him. And so it's like, you know, when you think about buying your mom gifts, and my mom has passed, but when you think about your mom, it's like you've learned her so well that mm-hmm. your whole excitement is just to make her smile. And so you think of mm-hmm. those things that is going to kind of blow her mind. Like, oh my God, you know, because you want that, you want that energy that, that you get from your mom when she's excited about something. Um, And so I was trying to figure out what to get my dad. And I was like, well, shit. I don't know. I was, I was like, he doesn't have the worst gift ever. And all that, all y'all say is thank you. But, and y'all don't complain, but y'all don't get a lot of good, we don't know how to love on our fathers. Would y'all agree to that? Uh, we don't know how to love on them. I, Judging I, by I the amount of socks I get, I'm going to have to agree. <laughs> That's funny. I want to say, you know, my daughter, she takes just as much interest in daddy's gifts as she does mine. She, she may know more about what I want because she's always with me, but she does put the effort to make sure that her daddy gets a great gift. And Casper? Yeah, I mean, like you said, there's no manual. You just do, do you know, you live and you love. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm learning to love on my dad as well. Um, like I said, since his since his release, man, he's been, he's humbled himself. He's been an amazing person. And, um, and I just try to, you know, I'll be there. You know, I know they, they, as they get older, they appreciate some of the simple things. Like he just loved having mm-hmm. – lunch or dinner with me and my son and just them the us the three generations being there gives him so much joy and make him happy. Um so yeah, like, you know, just doing the simple things and being there and like I said, that's that's where he's at and I just love, you know, um being able to do certain things with him like that. But we didn't always have that that greatest relationship. Like he was an amazing protector. Um, but we didn't have that that real close, that where that father and that friendship. So, but you know, he's humbled himself, and he's since his release, he's been an amazing person. So, just 
you know, and we cool. We get along so well. Like, it's dope. Mm-hmm. And then, Tasha, because I know your father has passed, but do you notice or have you learned that you have to start teaching your kids how to love on their dad? Listen, I taught my kids, even though I'm not with my kids' father, how to co-parent. That's the best tool I could teach my kids. You understand? Mm-hmm. When he was down, I still took him out to birthday dinners with us. You understand? If he didn't have money for school clothes, I still took him with us to go school shopping. You know, just to let them know it goes both ways, baby, at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. So they awesome. see, you know, they know. Mm-hmm. And then Sinclair, I know that your father yeah, has passed, so, and then you mm-hmm. have your um, your stepdad, but you mentioned socks. So, <laughs> how do you think you can incorporate um, just having your sons to understand what loving on you looks like? Yeah, that's exactly what um, just loving them and letting them know that they're important as well. You know, with kids, more is caught than taught. So you got to pay attention. They're paying attention to everything you're doing. So instead of you telling them, you show them. That's all. And quite frankly, it goes on with the woman that you choose to be in your life as well because if you have the right woman, she's going to love on you. And if your children are around, they're going to see that and inspire for that mm-hmm. same thing for themselves. Okay. And Danielle? Danielle. Did we lose her? Danielle, is your phone on mute? She'll be back. But, yeah, I, I was just thinking about that. You know, what does love look like um, to you? What does it feel like to you? What what does that experience mean for you? And I think that when we are passing those feelings and experiences on to our kids, sometimes our brokenness gets wrapped up in that, and we are teaching them our brokenness um, at times. And so sometimes we got to kind of check ourselves, especially um, if we are parents, because growing up, so many things were programmed into us that were not healthy. Um, and in order to make sure that we're giving our kids the best version of us and teaching them the best things, we kind of got to check and filter some of the stuff that we learned and make sure that that is something healthy that we should be passing on. Absolutely. I totally agree. And I hope that, um, and as we wrap up, first of all, I want to thank everyone on the panel that has been here, shared your personal journey, your personal, just your personal information. We want to thank you guys because we never know who's listening to our show, and it may touch someone. It may open open doors, open communication, open dialogue for someone that's listening, even if they listen to the replay. So we want to thank you so very much for sharing your personal with us. But I want to say that I hope our panel, me and Leisha and everyone listening, take away from this show that 
we're not alone, you know. There are so many other people in the world that we may not necessarily realize they're going through something, but we may be able to relate in some kind of way, and it just opens up the dialogue for us as well. So we hope that everyone takes away something from this show, you know, that that they didn't have coming into the doors of Let's Chat tonight, and uh, we just hope and pray that everyone just goes forward the best that they can. And we want to thank you once again. No, thank, thank y'all. You for having I appreciate me. y'all. Yes, thank yeah. y'all. Thank y'all definitely for having me. And like you said, it's already it's already helping. It's already helping and this was powerful. Mm-hmm. I love it. Yeah. And what it, a it was powerful. Guys, and Casper, it's eighteen years, that's a long time. So learning how to to, to love on him is I'm quite sure going to be very interesting. Um, but our prayers, you know, and just it's it's going to come. You know, I know that it's it's a process. Um, but love on him, you know, in spite of. Yes, thank you, thank you. Yes, yes. And like I said, I think in his humility, you know, he's become a different person, and that and that makes it easier. It makes it easier, you know. Um, so that's. It's been a, it's been a blessing journey so far, and, uh, and it's only getting better. It's only getting better, so I'm I'm happy and I'm grateful. That's awesome, and Sean, sure, keep loving on those socks you're getting. <laughs> right. Hey, I love them. Just smile and I just made it. Thank you for the 110 pair of socks. Yes, thank you. Mm-hmm. Just nod your head and say okay. What's crazy is that I appreciate the small things because you ain't have to give me anything. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. I said, the world doesn't owe you anything, so anything I get, I'm appreciative of it. At least and a nice doctor. will say that, but I know that you getting socks every year. It's like, dang, oh wow, it's Mother's Day. She got balloons, she got flowers, <laughs> she got fruit, she got candy and a meal. I got socks. That you feel the way because I had to think about it. I had to tell my dad, I was like, Father, I was like, Dad, I'm so sorry. Like, you, I, have, I have no clue how to love on you. I'm gonna have to learn because I would be upset from this gift. I would be like, What the hell? What am I doing with this? Right, <laughs> right. Like, hey, hey, again, <laughs> right? Thank you. Another pair of black.
Mm-hmm. We're we're thankful. I think we should be thankful if we get that because it could be a thankless job, you know. Mm-hmm. So just the fact it's that you thought about it, so many, yeah, so many men aren't getting anything. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. I'm cool with that. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's even harder being a black man, to be honest. So I didn't want to say it, but so, you're right. But we, it's, it's it's real. It's it's real. You know. It's very real. Yes. Yes. So I see it every day, so and I'm aware of it. So we want to thank everyone once again, Miss Tasha, Miss Danielle, Mr. Casper, Mr. Sean, Miss Alicia, and me. Yes, yes. Thank y'all for having us. Thank y'all for having us. We appreciate you guys. And we appreciate y'all so much. And get better, get better. And next time we're gonna do it live. Yeah, we're gonna do it live. Hey, it's time to get a wig. It's something for bad hair days. Listen, St. Clair, I am sick. Like I'm sick. So I got the sinus thing going on, and my sinuses and my cheeks and my hair. I'm like, uh, uh. I couldn't even do it. I can't. You couldn't even dress it up. You can't. Some stuff you just can't dress up. I wasn't even gonna try. I'm not even gonna try to do it. When you said when you said we were gonna do a live, I was saying to myself, How are we gonna do a live and she not feeling well? <laughs> Wait a minute. Right. Tony was like alive. <laughs> but uh, I was like no. <laughs> Because I like to be able especially with conversations like this, I like to be able to see y'all, you know, be able to, to just kind of be in the presence of everybody. Um, because it's uh-huh. just great to have that good conversation. Sometimes these are things conversations we need to have. Um, and that's a uh-huh. lot of problems, I think, in our community is that we don't communicate enough. We don't communicate sure. about those those small things that we just brush off to the side. We brush them off to the side and we just let them go. Um, and sometimes it's just there. We don't ever talk about it. We'll never discuss it. Um, it's just it is what it is type situation. Um, but we have to learn how to start talking about these things and recognize them when we're in the wrong sometimes. You know, as as kids, we can be in the wrong. But growing up, we have to understand our programming. You know, like, for example, again, loving on your father. I never really taught how to love on my dad. I was never really taught to love on my dad. You see what I'm saying? So as an adult now, I have to learn how do I love on my dad? What does that look like? And not a basic, you know, not basic to where it's something that he's going to accept, um, but something that makes his soul smile. You know what I'm saying? So definitely food for thought for all those that are listening. So thanks for sharing that, Lisa, bringing it to the forefront yeah, of yeah, our attention. Yeah. Yes. That was definitely nice. Well, everyone, well, we, we want you guys to have a safe, yes, safe evening and a great, greater weekend. At least feel better. <laughs> Stay away from those live feed and maybe even a mirror. I'm just saying. <laughs> wow. Oh, that's delicious. It's I was going to do that live. Yeah, I was going to do that live. 
And then I was like, I, you know how you go. See, me and y'all don't have that problem. But when you go in and you go to do your hair and then the curls don't fall and then the wig don't fit, it's like it, nothing is right. Nothing is right. And then oh, it's like, yo. What you mean we don't have that problem? We got hair. Your cheeks be puffy. <laughs> and then, you know, when, and you, well, when you have sinuses, it's more so your cheeks. I don't know if y'all have sinuses. We'll y'all notice that there's pain in your cheeks. Like, it, they literally, it's, it's painful. So I was like, mm-hmm. I was like, listen, I can't. <laughs> don't even do it to yourself. I ain't even going to do it. I wasn't doing this to myself, and I wasn't going to do it to y'all. <laughs> well, at least feel better. But this is Let's Chat, y'all. We love to have fun. This is really our family. We appreciate you guys for coming out and just being able to dig down a little bit and and, and have those talks about growing up and how uh, you know us as parents can grow and instill new things into our kids. We appreciate y'all. Y'all know you are always welcome here, and we will talk to y'all on next time. See y'all next week. Yes, we are. Thank y'all. Take care. You're welcome. Good night. Good night. Good night.